For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello and welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you the expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're going to explore Twitter video updates, some API changes, and more with special guest Dan Knowlton. By the way, if you missed Social Media Marketing World, of which Dan was a speaker, get your virtual ticket to Social Media Marketing World by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash virtual19. Just as a reminder, all the links, the details, the notes, everything that we talk about in today's show, you will find on socialmediaexaminer.com slash news every Saturday morning. And with that, let's get into segment one. Our guest this week is Dan Knowlton. He's a UK-based digital and social media marketing expert. He has grown KPS Digital Marketing into a multi-award-winning business. It is found at kpsdigitalmarketing.co. UK. As I mentioned before, he was a speaker at Social Media Marketing World 19. His session was called How to Create High Engaging Twitter Marketing That Works. And the Friday Club is a free weekly newsletter that comes out of there with the best content, social media platform updates, and more discovered every week, which you can find again at kpsdigitalmarketing.co.uk slash Friday dash club. Dan. <laughs> what intro, Eric. Dan, that was an intro at all. Welcome to the show. Welcome Thank to the show. Like I'm I said, so I couldn't help I couldn't help but hear so many rave reviews about your uh Twitter session at Social Media oh, Marketing World. You. So it just made sense for you for us to have you on the show. So welcome. First thank time. Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you what, I had an, it was my first time at Social Media Marketing World, and it was an experience. It was incredible. I had such a good time. So thanks for having me then. That's awesome. Great. Glad to have you. Glad you were there. And again, you delivered you delivered the goods. So perfect. Thank Let's you. get into this. We've got a bunch of different Twitter pieces. So Grace, why don't you tee up this first piece? Well, the first thing and the thing that I think this came out this week was that Twitter added native subtitles to videos. So video publishers on Twitter can now include an SRT subtitle a file with subtitles viewable on the web ios and android this na- uh, this new feature applies to videos published through twitter media studio twitter ads and through the api uh, the videos on the twitter timeline typically autoplay with no sound so this is why this is such an exciting update so i know dan recently published a tutorial on this so we are so super thrilled to get your take on it Yes. So we've all heard the um, 
that 85% of people watch video with the sound off. There was a DigiDay study, I think it was back in 2016, saying up to 85% of people watch video with the sound off. So having subtitles or captions on your videos is so, so important. You don't want people seeing your video and then dropping off because they don't know what you're saying. So the ability to now upload an SRT file within the Twitter Media Studio to allow people to have cap- to turn captions on and off is a really great feature. And it's all done within the Twitter Media Studio, um, which I don't know if you've talked about the Twitter Media Studio much, but for those that don't know, it's ultimately a place where all of your media for Twitter um, can be stored. And then you can, with your video, you literally click on the piece of media. There's a subcategory uh, called subtitles. You upload your SRT file and then you tweet out the piece of content. And it's an e- as easy as that. So they, we've had closed captioning, right? So that's something that a lot of uh, phones and, and I have to say that I think some study I found said that 90% of Twitter users are watching videos on the phone. I don't know if that's... Mm-hmm accurate or not, but 90% seems quite generous, but Mm. I guess so. But anyway, so, uh, so I know that a lot of phones come equipped with closed captioning. How is this different? So, so I guess the first thing to explain is there's two types of captions. There's closed captions and there's open captions. So closed captions are, think of it as when you're watching TV and you turn the subtitles on and off, you have the option to turn the subtitles on and off. Closed captions are exactly the same. You know, like on YouTube where it has a CC button, you can actually click them on and off. So you have Mm -hmm. the option as a user to do that. Open captions are when the captions are burnt into the video. So you don't have a choice whether to turn them on and off. They're just just there, right? So up until now, we've only had the option to do open captions on Twitter. Sorry, Eric, what were you going to say? I was going to say other people may refer to that. I know we have internally here at Social Media Examiner as hard coding the subtitles. Ah, yes. Meaning yeah. like it, the, the text is literally part of the video. Yep, exactly. And up until now, we've only had the option on Twitter to do, or up until recently, we've only had the option to, to create hard-coded captions where they're literally burnt into the, and you need, you need to edit those on with editing software. Whereas the benefit with closed captions, which is this ability to turn them on and off uploading an SRT file is that you can use software like rev.com to easily create this SRT file at a very low cost rather than having the time consuming um, kind of task of getting them made, then editing them into the video. I mean, it also gives the user the option to turn them on and off rather than just making them have the the captions embedded on there. Yeah. And in, in a sense, I think it, it turns them off once you start playing it with sound. Although I think you can leave them on if you if you decide to. Well, I it was str- I tested this earlier on mobile, and when you we've uploaded videos previously with uh, with uh, with closed captions. So when you on mobile in the feed, the captions automatically show when you've got open captions there, sorry closed captions. But when you click on the video, the captions go away, the sound comes on, and I didn't see an option to turn them on and off once you're in that video and the sounds playing, which was kind of strange to me because I thought they they would give you an option of having the video kind of that you've clicked on full screen without um, with the captions on, but I don't know. Yeah. So so the big news here, and again, some people would say, oh, so this is just adding a captions file to Twitter. Why is that big news? It is actually really big news, yeah. especially on Twitter, which surprisingly didn't have it yet. 
Yeah, it's strange. I think, you know, LinkedIn's got it. Uh, which was a more recent um, update. LinkedIn, you can now upload SRT files. Facebook, you've been allowed to, able to upload SRT files for a while. Now Twitter has it. Instagram's the only big platform, really, that's behind. YouTube's had it for, for a long time. So mm-hmm. we're just waiting on Instagram now. Twitter's caught up. It's it's only Instagram. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I wanted to mention for the benefit of our audience that Dan, we found out, has had this feature for quite some time as a uh, tester, I think. So he's definitely tried it out. So this is new to the rest of us, but Dan has had an opportunity to really run it through the paces. (laughs) I was surprised when this was news because I thought I've been doing this for a while, but it's one (laughs) of those things where um, they give different people access at different times. But yeah, I think two months ago, at least I was uploading SRT files, so... But no, it's a really smooth, as someone that's done it and someone that's consistently done it, it's a really smooth process. Um, ensure, you need to ensure that you have a Twi- Twi- um, Twitter Media Studio account. Um, mm-hmm. So you need to sign up for Twitter Media Studio. You can access it through studio. Oh, I can't remember. Is it studio. Or is Twitter. it media. Oh, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll add that to the notes, but I can't remember the exact <laughs> link. But um, Amanda, Amanda it's, it's helped studio. us out, studio.twitter.com. Ah, studio. Thank you, go. Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> I, I've made the mistake too many times, and I just keep forgetting which URL I've put yeah. in. So. <laughs> Me too, um, Eric. Me too. Yeah. I was going to say, um, what's the experience like when you're using it? I know that from the Facebook side of things, you mm. can – once you even if you auto generate or upload an SRT file, you mm. then still have the ability to scrub through the video and fine tune and and you know correct any um, you know misspellings or punctuation or things like that. Is how does it look on Twitter? Great question, Eric. So this is very similar to LinkedIn's version because okay. there's minimal functionality. It's literally you can upload the SRT file, you choose a language uh, that you, that that it's that it's that the SRT file was in, and that's it. Unlike Facebook, where you now have the option of editing them, it's super simple. And, and I'm hoping that eventually this this becomes more advanced and you can edit the captions. But at the moment, super simple. Upload the SRT file, and that's that's all your options basically. Okay. Yeah, and I'm familiar with LinkedIn's as well, so that helps. I I, I think it's, it's so. Unfortunately, you will need to create the SRT file and make sure it's as perfect as possible, proofread everything before you upload it, right? Yeah, exactly. But with with and again, I'm mentioning Rev because this is a tool we use. But with Rev, when you get the when you receive the SRT file, they've got software built into their uh, application that you can edit the SRT file within their software. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty easy to do okay. um, within, yeah. And I guess there's other applications that you can do that with as well. Um, I want to I call this out just because maybe it hasn't been obvious just yet, but the benefit of adding these to our Twitter video, to our video on Twitter, where people are scrolling fast, whether it's mobile or desktop, and getting them to actually stop and watch video is more likely because of the subtitles, Correct. Exactly. Exactly. If you think about your own experience when when scrolling, we're all in a scrolling mentality on social now. It's so difficult to capture our attention. Just seeing seeing text on screen. First of all, you can understand what's going on in the video. Secondly, just just visually just seeing something else that isn't just a video, something that's, you know, different color and prominent on the video. It kind of captures your attention a bit more. So 
Um, there's a couple of reasons. Also, it's it opens up um, the video to deaf people and hard of hearing people who previously wouldn't really be able to understand, you know, understand what's going on in the video. So it, it opens it up to a wider audience and makes the video more accessible to, to more people. Yeah. Great, great um, additional thoughts there as well. I'm sure. Um, let's see. Is there anything else we're missing on this topic? I feel like we've covered this now. It, it's pretty straightforward. You've got to do it on your own or, or do a, use a service to do it. You got to make sure it's, it's perfect before you, you upload it and then you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can do it in, and you, and you can only do it inside of Twitter media yeah. studio. I think so. one more thing just to add to that, Eric, um, is to also test open and closed captions and see how they differ. Because you may notice that sometimes um, if people open the video and the captions go away, some people may prefer to actually see the captions on screen. I guess it's down to personal preference. If I always find myself, when, there's ca- when, it's an, when it's open captions and they're burnt in, I can't help but read them and not look at the video. And it kind yeah. of keeps my attention. Do you do that? Do you guys I do that? I do too. I do oh, that absolutely. too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So it's worth testing. Definitely worth testing. Yeah. So Dan's company has, uh, wrote a tutorial on how to add subtitles to your Twitter video. So we will be dropping that link in the chat and it'll be in the article that publishes tomorrow. So be sure to check that out. Perfect. All right. Uh, so next up, Twitter media, stu- Twitter, more, ugh, more Twitter media studio. I don't know why that's hard to say. Twitter <laughs> media studio, Twitter media studio. <laughs> Twitter Media Studio adds promotion end date setting, which when I saw this, I said, wait, why is this news? <laughs> Actually, I had, what I said was, why, I did this, the same. why did this not already exist is really what I meant to say. <laughs> well, and I fa- this is something that I, I found on accident. I was looking, I was researching something else that you know, we're covering on the show and I saw this and I had to check the date on the tweet several times. I'm like, is it? Shouldn't this say 2016 or like, you know, but it was 2019. This was just, this just rolled out um, earlier this week. So it it seems uh, like such a basic feature for an ad platform to have an end date on their ads. It's surprising that this is only just coming out. I had the same thought as you, Eric, when I saw this, you know. Yeah. Well, so, I'm going to turn this over to our audience. Is, it, is there anyone out there listening that was just like, yes, finally? Yeah, I can now set a specific end date for my promotion. <laughs> so, Dan, were you mentioning, we were mentioning when we were chatting before the show that it used to be that you would just run a campaign until your budget ran out. Is that is that correct? Was I hearing that right? Or what? Um, I, uh, I think so. We're, okay. we're not big Twitter ad users. We use Facebook ads mainly. But I presume that if you're not ending the ad with a certain date, you know, looking at how Facebook do it, it would be a certain budget. Um, when that budget runs out, that's when the ads would finish. Oh, we did. We did get one comment from Brian Gibson on, on Facebook. He said, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you go. <laughs> Awesome. They've made one user happy. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter making one user happy. At, I mean, one user at a time happy. Anyway, whatever. So I mean, there's, really not, there's, there's really not much else to say here other than now you can set an end date. So I guess that means that if your budget hadn't been used up by that certain point in time, mm-hmm. it'll stop. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo, so, rolling, hey, so rolling right along, Twitter uh, announced that this was um, – 
this was actually something that uh, was announced a few weeks ago, but we wanted to ask you about it. So Twitter now limits API, will be limiting API access to B2B apps. So this was a report from TechCrunch, and then it was actually, uh, we found the article on Twitter's developer site. So um, it's say, they're saying that starting June 19th, Twitter will begin auditing developers using its API to call recent tweets from or mentions a user more than 100,000 times a day. And it's going to start cracking down on those that are using it for one purpose, but not for another. Dan, tell, what is this? I'm so, we're so <laughs> what confused. What is this? What is this? So first of all, it's important to understand what an API is. So Mm -hmm. an API is something that allows two applications to share information. That's a a really simple way to explain it. So Twitter has an API, and obviously there's lots of external applications that connect to Twitter's API to ask for certain information and to be authorized to access information. So for example, a tool like, let's say, Buffer or Hootsuite, they, they have functionality where they go to Twitter and they post tweets for their users. So they need to have they need to have that access point, which is the API, to be able to access that information and share it through there. So what Twitter's now saying is every time they, they request that piece of information, that's called an API call. Okay, so they're saying that applications with over 100,000 API calls every 24 hours need to be go through some kind of review process with Twitter. And they're either going to get authorized to continue doing what they're doing, or they're going to have to um, decide some kind of commercial agreement. And there were some examples on the TechCrunch article, I think, or one of the articles showing that there will be different payment brackets that the applications need to pay Twitter to Mm -hmm. access more API calls. It's it's a bit complex. I don't know if I explained that very well, but I hope it, it's a bit I think clearer. I follow, actually, yeah. Well, yeah. And the, the article, the TechCrunch article, actually ties it back into privacy and kind of what happened with uh, Facebook's API in mm. 2018 with Cambridge Analytica um, and how this was just their way of protecting users, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Walk I mean, us down that path. Well, 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 one thing, one thing which is interesting, last year they did a similar thing with their API and they changed it without letting the developer community know. And there was huge backlash because literally applications and businesses went under overnight because they their access got shut off. And there was various tools that their access got shut off. And so now Twitter seems like it's trying to um, provide a better service to its community and its users. And it's actually giving them a three-month notice. I think it's June 19th, I think, yeah. is when yeah. is the actual date that this is happening. So I think it's kind of, they're actually improving things by giving some kind of notice rather than just changing the API and literally, you know, app applications were just going under overnight. Now there's actually some kind of notice, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. They've given us at least three months, right? Or developers mm. at least three months to get it together, mm, <laughs> figure yeah. your stuff out. <laughs> yeah. So it's, this is really more for developers, uh, but as far as marketers or, I mean, us public folk, uh, <laughs> is this going to affect us or does it matter? So so a number of things. So first of all, for, in, for a user's perspective and for a marketer's perspective, I think this is a huge positive step. The reason being, these steps that Twitter are taking to limit applications um, accessing this data is basically going to help reduce the number of 
app like bots, auto follow, unfollow tools, um, like automatic posting tools, things that are ultimately making Twitter a, a less of a, an experience for users because of the, all of this automation. They're trying to clear out all of these unsolicited bots and automated tools, which I think is definitely a, a positive thing for users. Also, another impact on marketers is um, I think there's going to be way less automated tools popping up left, right and center because the the barrier to entry is much higher, right? You, you may have to pay Twitter a lot of money if you're an application that wants to access all that data. So these kind of these cut, corner cutting tools that just automatically engage with thousands of people are going to have a harder time trying to enter the market. So overall, I truly think this is a positive thing. And my talk at Social Media Marketing World is all about reducing automation and being more human. And I think this is a real positive thing um, that's in line with that. Good to Thank know. Thank you yeah. for explaining that to us. And we, and we've had a lot of comments here on the sidebar as you were saying that. Uh, for example, Amanda said, is it me or has Twitter gotten better in the last year? And, you know, way more conversation, less content. And well, mm. what do you think? Yeah, yeah I mean – Yes. I mean, there's big signs like their whole beta testing program, Twitter or Twitter without the eye, which is showing that they're really um, looking to bring out new features and functionality and actually listen to the Twitter community about what they want and get feedback from them. Up until now, Twitter's been very rubbish at um, engaging with its community and actually bringing out new features and functionality. So this step forward, this is a positive step forward. One kind of negative thing which I've seen is there's now it looks, seems like there's new features coming out so frequently. I hope they don't go the other way and just have new features popping up left, right and center and kind of make Twitter a place that us, you know, us long term Twitter users don't recognize anymore. So I think they need to try and hold on to what Twitter's good at, which is sharing information instantly. You know, they haven't copied other platforms, new shiny features like Snap, like Instagram copying Snapchat's features. They've stayed true to their identity and their core mission of sharing ideas and information instantly. And if they diversify too far off that path, we may start to think Twitter is looking like Instagram or Facebook. And Twitter's identity is to share ideas and information instantly and I want it to, I love Twitter and I just don't want it to kind of go down a path of trying to please everyone. I want it to stick to its guns, Twitter. Stick to your guns if you're listening, Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I hope they're listening. I Good hope thing. so. We like you, Twitter. Oh, yeah, listening. we love you. <laughs> Actually, there were people, there were people uh, at, sorry, there were people from Twitter at Social Media Marketing World and they tweeted out, Team Twitter here at Social Media Marketing World. Oh, wow, so, I, so, so I replied with a tweet that said, we're not worthy and did the Wayne's World bowing down oh. thing. <laughs> I had to. I love it. I had to. So, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. It's probably my highlight of my life. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so next up, this has to do with other things behind the scenes in terms of Twitter. This has to do with Twitter jail, which I've now dubbed the birdcage. i had to come on Uh, i would like everyone to know that that's something uh eric came up with in our meeting and i was i put it in the notes and i'm like i'm not touching it that's yours (laughs) comedy gold brought to you twitter the bird friday we're on this show and scene all right so the news here grace what is the news here The news is that Twitter is now allowing users who have been suspended 
for whatever reason, appeal that decision within the app and expect a 60% faster response time. I don't know how they quantified that. (laughs) 60% faster response time uh, for new appeals. And so the example that they have in their, um, the example that they, that is shared, I think it was on Engadget, was that there was a company that, or there was a person that was tweeting about a video game and was just like something like, I'm going to take you down or whatever. And so that was obviously a threat of violence. And then the user was able to say, oh, we're talking about a video game. Here's the context of the conversation. And, you know, they they went right on tweeting. So, um, you know, it's been a long time since I have heard about someone being in Twitter jail. You You used to be suspended quite frequently for tweeting too much, right? So if you're doing a Twitter party or Twitter, whatever, I remember having all these like back channel and extra Twitter handles and mm. whatever so that you can jump right in and, and not have that back in the old days of early Twitter, you know? Mm. So yeah. um, is this something that you're excited about, Dan, or what do you think? Um, I think I I remember years ago getting suspended for um, for following loads of people and tweeting too much. Um uh-huh. So I think, I mean, it's not one of those things that I'm really excited about, but uh, for, for people that may be getting suspended, it's an easier way of um, reporting that suspension. Previously, you had to go through a form on their website. So now this is a much easier route to do that. Um, but I mean, it's not a hugely exciting piece of information, piece of news for me, but I think it's just going to make our lives easier if you do get suspended. If you're one, one key thing to, to remember, though, here is how you can get suspended. So yes. there's that if you look on I actually had a look and I just didn't bother but there's a there's a page on their website called policies and rules or something and there's mm-hmm. just hundreds of these things like obviously there's core things like harassment and impersonation and things like that but there's a ton of things that you you're not supposed to do on Twitter so yeah it's easy to to break the rules and if they're listening and if Twitter is listening right now, again, like we said earlier, um, we should warn you, you should probably go over there and take a look because honestly, there are some practices and I'm not going to name any right now that marketers do that probably they should rethink because mm. it go, does go against uh, what some of these rules are. And, you know, we get private, I mean, here's the thing. We get private messages on our Facebook page and elsewhere all the time asking about how to recover Facebook or Instagram accounts, et cetera, Mm. Twitter, not so much, but again, still a possibility there. Well, there's, 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 there's something that a lot of marketers may not be aware of. Well, you know, in February, um, Twitter changed its automation rules, right? So Twitter said that you were no longer, allowed to tweet similar or the same content from multiple accounts. They also clarified, the Twitter dev team on Twitter a few weeks later clarified that this was single accounts as well. So you sharing the same tweet on single accounts. There's lots of people out there that were using tools like SmarterQ, um, like Buffer does it, I think, where you've got an evergreen schedule of content that repeatedly goes out. And I remember a lot of these tools sending out um, message, like messages to their to their users saying, wait, we need to change things up because they're going to get um, in trouble for allowing you to do that. So if you have an evergreen schedule of content with the same copy to a tweet, the same everything going out on Twitter, you need to stop doing that. One, because you could get suspended Two, because it's clogging up Twitter for everyone else and it's ruining our experience of Twitter. 
Yeah, the whole evergreen thing just kind of goes out the window. Of course, not entirely. You can take the time to if some mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a really great evergreen piece of content and you want to put it out there repeatedly, one, think about the frequency, but two, repackage it each time. Yeah. It's exactly. that simple. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. Add more context so, around it, perhaps, right? right? Mm-hmm. So yes. Exactly. Um Somebody was asking if retweeting with a comment counted uh, when it comes to that. I wouldn't think so because no, you're creating no. original content when yep. you're sending out that retweet. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've actually. Now, if you, uh, go on, go on, Eric. Like go if on, you, if you, it, okay. So, but if you take that exact retweet with a comment and <laughs> then cue that up to go again yeah, and again yeah, and again, yeah, yeah. yes, don't do that. Yeah. So what one kind of interesting way on that point, Eric, that retweeting of the comment of another tweet, one thing you can do is actually to retweet your previous tweets and add a comment and add a different comment to, you know, to share that same piece of content, like you said as well, adding different context to that, to that as well, Grace. That's a good idea. Absolutely. I've, I've thought about that, but not doing it multiple times with different. I think there was yeah. this whole thing before uh, of this whole kind of if you retweet your own co- tweets, you kind of it was a bit of one of you know what I mean. You look like a bit <laughs> it's of like a, liking your own <laughs> Facebook post. But now I think, I think it's kind of people understand that it's a way of sharing that piece of content with different contexts and things. Um, I think we're evolving as Twitter users, and that I think that's acceptable now. I do think that's mm-hmm. acceptable. What do you guys think? Would you? What's your honest opinions? Retweeting your own tweets? Any? I do that. <laughs> I don't, <Go> it. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, because it, because unless they look really hard, it just looks like it's the same tweet mm-hmm. and yeah. you get away with it. It's it's the way to get away with what we were saying. Don't yeah. do. I guess. Yeah. So. Sneaky. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we found the loophole. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but overall, again, what Twitter's been trying to do, even though they just added uh, the subtitle things to video, even though they've just done that, they've been moving more towards creating a safe space or a, a, I should say, a less noisy place for more conversation and less about media. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that actually takes us to the next thing. They're testing out this subscribe to conversation uh, option. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's it, it's a weird one because ultimately, just to explain what it is, it's yeah. prior to this – when you uh, when you got involved in a, in a, you reply to someone's tweet and you're involved in a thread or you like to tweet in a thread, every time someone else is in that thread of tweets, you got a notification, which actually can be quite annoying sometimes. Which is why they've now got the mute feature, which is wicked, which I love. Um, <laughs> but up until now, you haven't been uh, been able to to get notifications from that thread without liking or getting involved. Now you can passively subscribe and without anyone knowing and you can see new tweets in that thread and this whole thing of encouraging conversations that ultimately makes you a passive uh, a kind of you know content consumer so it's weird am i have i got something mixed up here or no no, no, no you're it. right i mean and this was all this was this was a thing discovered by jane jane uh manchon Manchu Wong, who found it in the Android app. And this was reported in mid-March shortly following the release of the Twitter prototype 
testing app that we mentioned, Twitter mm. without an I. And <laughs> so I think this is something Twitter. that they're definitely testing. Mm. Um, and Twitter even confirmed, yeah, this is something we're doing oh. to improve conversations. So I, I, my initial reaction to this is what is the benefit to subscribing to a Twitter conversation rather than engaging with it? And then the second part of that is why would Twitter be encouraging people not to engage, right? To disengage, sure. so to speak, because I mean, that, that like, and that response mm -hmm. or, you know, you don't even have to respond to it necessarily, but that, um, you know, favoriting it or say, you know, mm. I know that people use that sometimes as a save feature, but mm. you know, that's a way of engagement and why would it not want to encourage that? I can, I can really only honestly, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts as well. I can only see one benefit for doing this and that's to be anonymous, <laughs> to be anonymous in, in viewing, so so there's a few scenarios I think this will be good. So if you want to, for example, do some competitor research and look at how do your competitors deal with certain negative feedback potentially, right? You could look for, use Twitter advanced search to find negative feed, uh, feedback on Twitter from your competitors' customers, subscribe to that thread, and then look, mm, how do they do this you know how do they react to this and you can start to learn from from that i guess that's one way i'd think to use it in a clever kind of way um <laughs> but it's a strange one yeah because they're encouraging conversations with actually encouraging you to be passive i don't yeah. know what, what do you guys think joyce lynn uh jo joyce lynn in our comments said because sometimes watching people read being ridiculous is funny <laughs> <laughs> oh i like that yeah that's true that's actually a yeah. real life scenario i, I was gonna say i think the, i think the main point of uh, the main benefit would be being able to see content on twitter without interacting with it that then changes your algorithm and what they serve yeah. you ah yeah. that's oh. a clever one eric yeah so mm. that's my that's my biggest that that's my best guess I should yeah. say yeah yeah I, I think another idea would be to be able to follow a conversation without necessarily endorsing it right yeah that's yeah too yeah. yes. like when they change the favorite the heart or whatever because a heart seemed like you're endorsing it and yeah. you're like no I'm not endorsing that thing I'm just yeah. following it right so yeah that's a really good point I also love the comment that someone said just to touch on that again about um, kind of that people like to be lurkers. People like to, without anyone knowing, like I know, I definitely do this sometimes. You see something and you don't want to kind of be involved in it, but you want to just see how it plays out rather yeah. than having to go back and constantly check it. I can even, I can think of some in my head now, some some Twitter threads that I thought, oh, that's interesting, you know, potential arguments between people or just things going on in the industry that you'd quite like to subscribe and just keep an eye on what's going on, you know? Yeah, I want to I want to bookmark this to come back to it, but mm. in the in the act of bookmarking it, I'm indicating that I'm interested yes. and I don't necessarily want to do that to yeah. my followers or to Twitter itself. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Why is Eric following all these weird things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to stay out of the birdcage. Also, though, another uh, trying trying to come up with a more uh, like a real life scenario. People that work for companies where there's lots of legislation around what you can and can't you know, be yes. on, online, you can anonymously follow stuff without showing, you know, you could go against policies and things. Maybe that's true. I don't know. I could see that. That's a good idea. We're revealing all, right. all our dark Twitter habits on the show this week, aren't we? <laughs> yes. yes. Now we know that Eric's a retweeter. I'm a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
Uh, so Twitter, uh, here's the last piece of Twitter news, I believe. Uh, Twitter's rolling out a battery-friendly dark mode called Lights Out. And, uh, you know, I thought we already had a dark mode, but I didn't know how much of a dark mode we didn't have until we got this one. Because I got it, and I went into it, and I turned, mm. I went from dark mode to dark mode. And Oh, wow. To, to Eric, yeah, Eric go ahead. No, Eric didn't know. What he needed. I didn't even know. I didn't you. even know what I was missing until I found out. So the people now you actually use that dark mode. <laughs> do people actually use? The, I mean, uh, do people use that dark mode? Is that a thing? I know I've heard of it, but the it's people- it's become a popular thing these days. I mean, right. with most apps that are out there, and you know, I, so I'm literally well, you know, this is probably not gr- great podcasting or whatever but i'm in it <laughs> i'm in my app right now right what you're doing <laughs> yes narrating what i'm doing and and just being in the settings and then display and sound there's there's dim there one one you turn on dark mode and it goes from the the white background and you turn it on and it's this darker it's like a dark very dark gray and so it's a whole lot easier to see. It saves battery. Mm. It's just easier on the eyes. I prefer it. But then uh, when I turn it on, it goes for, there's a checked setting now called mm. dim. But if I go one level down and check lights out, it's a really deep, like, absence of all color, true, wow. like, Batman black, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's much better. It's just – and. And it just saves more yeah. battery. I don't know. It's is just this, a UI thing, really. Is this is this a sign, as I mentioned earlier, that Twitter's going down the path of just bringing out features and functionality for for the sake of it? I hope they don't start just coming out with every day like this new thing where you can make your screen lighter. <laughs> <laughs> See that? I mean, I think we already have that. That that's it was already <laughs> there. I think this is uh, th- that's more of a hardware thing where your screen can actually be seen out in bright sunlight. Oh yeah. yeah this yeah. is more of a. I really like it because I don't have to worry about. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I just, I just really like black. <laughs> we can tell so, you like it, Eric. <laughs> this, new this new technology takes advantage of the new OLED screen's ability to produce the darkest possible of black. So, wow. and this is only available on iOS right now. Uh, no word on when it's coming out to the web or Android, and it is. It's pretty popular from what they say so it's and it should be available oh and then there's also automatic dark mode so you could set it yes with the time that is right? The beauty right there oh, so that depending cool. upon the that's time cool. of day mm-hmm. it will know based on your location what the sunset level is or whatever and so it'll be light mode during the day and dark mode during the evenings when you would want it to be more uh appealing and be less jarring compared mm-hmm. to you know the environment so nice. there you go basically we're never sleeping again so <laughs> <laughs> now i can tweet in bed there you go yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh that's that is that is our twitter news uh lots to cover there but it was awesome and dan you were awesome thanks for being here that was so much uh, fun thanks guys great to have you on the show we'll have to have you back uh again because hey it's dark mode for you right now where you're at yes <laughs> or almost almost yeah uh so thanks for having uh thanks for having you that's not how you say that but it's a lot of we like you come back now <laughs> thank sorry, you being here i have to apologize for eric he gets his phone out and then he, we've lost him we've lost uh, him he got his phone out. i love you eric. Away. To us now 
I put it away. I'm so, running the show now. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and, and Sylvia just gave me a great reminder. She said, I'm going to go watch your SMMW 19 session. Uh, yeah. Sylvia, I, that's a great reminder. Again, Dan's got a great session. I can't tell you how many rave reviews I saw on Twitter about his Twitter session. So oh, thanks, if you, Mark. yeah. So if you don't have that yet, the virtual ticket, again, reminder, you can go get it by going to uh, socialmediaexaminer.com slash ver- slash virtual 19. I got to say slash the right way now too. So, <laughs> all right, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, thank see you. you next time. Thank you for being here. Great to have you. Have and, a good uh, evening. Have a great evening and weekend. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Guys. Bye. All right. G- glad to have Dan here. So he was awesome. Uh, he yeah, is awesome. Great. He yeah. is awesome. We were just talking about dark mode. It keeps making me think of Batman and then saying everything is awesome. So there you go. Um, Legos on the brain. Next up, we've got a couple of little items here we want to make mention of. So uh, number one, Facebook's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, if you've heard of him, uh, he has continually been talking about the future of Facebook. And he was on a... um, uh, basically a video chat. Not a, That makes it sound like it was a webinar. It was a literal like sit down chat, but it was a video of it. And he was talking about the place that news has in Facebook and that they want to try to come up with uh, in this in this progression of fixing what's broken with Facebook, actually adding news back in to Facebook. But how do they do that? And as I watched this video, uh, which we can link to in the show notes. Um, it's worth watching, but at the same time, as I'm watching it, he's kind of asking this interviewer, uh, <laughs> he's asking him, you know, what his thoughts are. And I'm like, why are you asking this interviewer or this journalist, like your Facebook figure, you know, ask, ask us. So anyway, it was, it, it was what it was, but uh, yeah, it was interesting to see. And, and I just wanted to point out that that was out there and people should go take a look. And uh, maybe even comment on it. So Yeah. And so this was the second talk that he's done. So this is part of his yes. New Year's resolution goals for this year was to have these talks. Talking about the anxieties, the challenges, the opportunities, um, basically a full-on SWOT analysis of technology. So this was the first one was uh, held uh, February 20th, and it was with a Harvard Law professor, um, on the future of technology and society. And uh, I think he's supposed to be doing these, he said, every couple of weeks. So this is the second one. We should expect a third one soon and we'll just see where it goes. I mean, I think, you know, and we'll can drop both those links in. I think, I think they're fascinating conversations, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. And then the one other uh, update here, which is like a a string of updates, Snap announced a bunch of different stuff all at once after we closed the planning for the show. But we thought we'd make mention of it here. Uh, Number one, they're building a mobile ad network and it's called the Snap Audience Network. And it's going to basically run full screen vertical video Snap ads and they're saying that this is going to power ads inside of other apps. So that's got me wondering, though I don't know that Facebook would be okay with this, is this going to be integrated into Instagram or Facebook vertical video ads? Probably not because Snap's a competitor and they, you yeah. know, and the whole Facebook steals everything from Snap. Why, why would they allow <laughs> them in? But then yeah. again, if Snap's, if Snap's money is good enough, who yeah. knows? So yeah. we'll see. 
But I that that was my first thought when I when I read that, and then mm-hmm. a whole bunch of six second non skippable video ads in its in app snap games, which is new. The games are new. Yeah. The games are new. Yep. So they just launched a new series of. There's a the, the new game that they launched is called Bitmoji Party. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and it's, it's supposed to be a, it's supposed to be close to Mario Party, and then they also released a handful of new original programming, which I don't know how much of our audience watch is that audience watches those, but they released eight new shows this last this this new season or this whatever this is <laughs> <laughs> the, the, after this. Yep. Yes, and then the uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got a little something in my throat. Um, and then the other thing that they've there? been talking about, yes, I got chalked up over the Snapchat. <laughs> oh, Snapchat. <laughs> um, Snapchat also is talking about um, their AR stuff, their 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 scan. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Scan, and yeah. they continue. I mean, again, I have seen this innovation on Snap. I mean, Snap has, if nothing else, was the originator of this whole vertical video short media content thing that we've called stories now, even mm-hmm. though they're snaps really. And, um, you know, w- with lens studio and snap camera and things like that, they continue mm-hmm. to innovate there and they're continuing to do that. So I still look, uh, to see great things come out of them as they continue to, to, to move through, uh, this, uh, scan partnerships that they're coming out with. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, two other things that the two other things they rolled out was the ability to share content from publisher sites on posts. So through uh, a, a tool called Creative Kit, people were able to share an app, and then you could scroll up or scroll up and then download that app, right? So that was something that they rolled out a few, I think a few, a little while ago, right? And so now they're allowing you to do that with publishers, so you could link to or have a story. Um, the the first publication that they're testing this with is the Washington Post. So presumably you could link to an article or highlight an article or talk to and then link to it or do a story about an article, link to it, scroll up and then deliver that, which is awesome for publishers. So that's something they're testing. And they're also looking to sh- have uh, to have the ability to share Snapchat stories within third-party apps. And so right now they're testing it with apps like Tinder and House Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story themselves will appear in these apps. They're saying that it'll, it'll look the same way it does on Snapchat, but how and where within those apps they will be appearing, we're not sure yet. So, yeah, you know, they just rolled so, this all out. And let's mention where it was rolled out. Uh, they had their own event. <laughs> yeah. Right. They had it was interesting. First ever. And I didn't even know it. First ever Snap. What was it called? The Snap Partner Summit. So this is the first time they held, they had it yesterday, which yeah. is why we <laughs> kind of found out about the last minute. So uh, they found it. I wasn't invited. I don't know. So that's fine. It's fine. It's okay. They didn't Whatever. invite so, me. Whatever. So, so but and- all that said, uh, that is our show for this week. But we've got a great show coming up for you next week where we will be talking with Amanda Bond about Facebook ad transparency and Facebook's uh, updated ad library and reporting, as well as some of the, why am I seeing this post stuff in the newsfeed that Facebook came out with. And then we will also be joined by Vivica von Rosen talking about LinkedIn. What else? Of course. And, uh, 
three new ad targeting tools, as well as B2B audience targeting capabilities and much more. So if you have questions for Amanda or Vivica, you can join us for that show live ahead of time. Get it on your calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Reminding you again that this show's show notes can be found at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. And just want to say special thanks to Grace Duffy, our show producer and co-host. Thank you, Eric, for being a great host and to Dan for being an excellent guest today. It was so thrilling to have him on and to give him uh, it was a great conversation for us at least so yeah well, for, me again, at least, so. <laughs> for me too for me too for me too uh, and you as well <laughs> okay and then uh, uh don't forget again grab your virtual ticket to social media marketing world 2019 the event is over but the learning can go on socialmediaexaminer.com slash virtual 19 is where you'll find that as well as you can find our tweet chat Hashtag SME chat, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, every Wednesday. Our next one's coming up this coming Wednesday. And with that, we will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Have a great week. Till next week when we see you on the show. See you later. Bye, everyone. Thank you. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.